Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm still here After all these years After all these tears I shed I'm still here Welcome back to I'm Still Here. I'm Larry. And I'm Heather. In 1998, at the age of 26, I was diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer. It changed everything for us, but I'm still here. You are. Yes. And we are continuing our Five to Thrive series, mm-hmm. which we are on number quattro, four. What is the Five to Thrive series? Five to Thrive is um, a way to take you through kind of the aspects that we have found to be kind of critical in each part of your you know, process. So mm-hmm. the first process is kind of we're talking about, which we're in right now, is talking about from diagnosis to kind of establishing what's happening next. It's Starting a plan. Yep. yep. So this is the, the crazy time. But we're talking about the mental, the physical, the nutrition, medical, and support. So we've, we're, today we are talking about medical specifically, mm-hmm. which is, oh, such a crazy thing. Um, and then once we get done with the diagnosis to treatment portion, we're going to go on to... Uh, the treatment portion, so of kind of that part of your life where you're juggling those things and and how all of these same five to thrive concepts apply during that time. And then we'll talk about it post-treatment because that's a whole new ball game. Yeah. And again, by post-treatment, it just, for me, that means um, like kind of post-surgery, uh, radiation, chemo, things like that. Um, or kind of incorporating that maintenance treatment because we we recognize that as metastatic, um, that's we're always in some sort sort of treatment. Yeah. I got mine today. Woo-hoo. You did. So um, you know we're talking about medical today, but one of the things we do understand and doing all of these, it was it's a little bit difficult because every situation is different. Is. And when we're talking about diagnosis. Tr- to treatment, we understand that can be two days, that can be a week, that can be three weeks, that can be a month. That's different for everybody and everybody's different yeah. situation and where they are in life and what their goals are with this, what uh, uh, travel, uh, what situations are available to you and what yes. are not. There's just so many variables out there. There's no way we can hit on all of those, but you know, we. I, mean, I guess mostly it's it's taking... Heather's experience while going through it, but also being in it for, you know, 25 years now of, of going through that. So, medical, what are we thinking? Well, I, initially, my first thought is this is literally just survival, right? Yeah. Like, this is just trying to think, you know, encompass, like, what is happening here. But also, like, trying to stay calm and keep some things moving and... Um, and it is also kind of an opportunity to think about how, like, to set the tone in terms of how you want to interact with the medical professionals and that you're going to inc- encounter, but also just what your expectations are, I guess, from all of that. So, I feel like this is compared to what we've talked about with nutrition and fitness and mental. I feel like this is probably the least in your hands to some extent. I get that you get to make decisions and, and, and all that, but yeah. we don't 
we can Google some nutrition information or some fitness information. Mm-hmm. You can also Google medical stuff, but you didn't go to med school. You didn't spend all of those years deciding what's best for your DNA. And, and you, oh, you're no, making, for sure. You know sure. what I mean? So, no, I think it's, it's more about... You know, finding the people that you feel comfortable with. Exactly. Um, finding the way that you feel most comfortable going through this testing Trust. Yeah. procedures. Like trusting exactly how you want to access your medical information. All of that is mm-hmm. kind of in here way more than, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit, you know, when when you were first diagnosed, and, and not the whole story, but just for the people who haven't heard before, kind of the the bad to good that you experienced? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, this it started initially with my primary care doctor who had helped deliver my daughter, Sydney. Um, so it started there, and that was all fine. Like, she, she knew there was a problem. She sent me out to get some tests done. She didn't leave me in a lurch. That was, that was all fine. What became a problem was that I ended up at an oncology, at an appointment with an oncologist, um, about a week later, I'd already met with a, a surgeon who had kind of quoted all the statistics to me. And I, I mean, in retrospect, I wish I could have stopped him because I couldn't get those stats out of my head, you know, thinking about him saying, yeah, I'm not, whatever, that they, you know, it wasn't great to be stage four, of course. Um, but then, so this oncologist Everything about the whole encounter was just really terrible. His bedside manner was terrible. He was angry at me and my doctor because he was the one who was actually telling me that I did have stage four breast cancer. Um, he told me to get my affairs in order and that we could try some chemo when he got back from skiing, but he wasn't making any promises. So, and we don't know, maybe this guy's great and just had the worst day of his life and the just the, you sure. know, we've all had terrible days and that just because you're an oncologist, you you're not immune to that. But um, when we talk about the trust and talk about do you feel comfortable with and do you feel like you're a player in this? Mm-hmm. Clearly that was not the case, and that was realized right away. Right away. I mean, I it, I did try to interact with him a little bit. He did say, oh, they are doing some research at some hospital, you know, some places. But basically it was like, I don't even know if you want to try chemo. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't, so. So here's it, the next part. And this was my experience in going through this, and it was yours too until a couple of days later. Um we thought that was the norm to some extent. Yeah. When you're in it yeah. and you have no other experience, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, if somebody grows up and lives in poverty their whole life and that's all they ever see, that is their norm. It's not poverty to them. This was similar to us. And, and yes, it sucked and he was giving us information, but we didn't know that was almost malpractice until a couple of days later. Yeah, it just was so, I mean, that was kind of the, oh my gosh, I guess I got the worst of this cancer. Like, exactly. oh, I have no options. Oh, right. I, I'm i all of a sudden this person who is supposed to just go home and enjoy the time I have left. Like, yeah, it, it was so... And we didn't know any better. We didn't know any better because so. that was, you know, I mean, my experience with cancer, our experience with cancer was very, very limited, mm-hmm. right? Um, but also we... It, it, it just, it feels, it, we, I've talked about this a little bit, how unbelievable it feels because I, 
felt fine. Like, so to be healthy, to have this happen to you, um, and then to have, you know. So then what happened? Well, he, I mean, I will just say he. Forget him. Well, just quickly, he, he did, I mean, loaded me up with a whole bunch of pamphlets, his nurse did, and said, do you want to, you know, like, do you want to make an appointment for chemo? And I was like, I'm out of here. All right. <laughs> so let, let's just say, this guy was a douche. And he, 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 let's just be honest, he was not good at his job. I don't care if he was having a bad day. Okay. Then we went home. So we're not talking about mm-hmm. douche dude. We're on to the good news. And so then, you know, the next day, um, I got a phone call from a different oncologist who I was very fortunate that my brother had been to med school at this at the University of Michigan, was able to kind of drop everything, make a lot of phone calls and find her. But it the tone changed immediately when she called me. I remember thinking like the first I don't know how many minutes, but at least the first 10 questions had nothing to do with cancer. And I thought, what? Who is this person who's asking me about my life and about kind of my family, what I did, kind of just trying to, I don't know, get to know me, figure out, you know, where I was at with things. Um, But then she also, she said just everything right. She said that cancer didn't scare her, that she saw how it worked. You know, she said that um, she believed, you know, one, that we could get started. (laughs) This was Friday, that we could get started on Monday. You know, she gave me her phone number for the weekend. Again, this is 1998, so things were not as, couldn't just. She still does it today, by the way. Yeah, she does. We talked about that. Um, Everything was different with her. It was like, okay, if you are, you know, want to do something about this cancer, I'm going to help you. Like, we're going to kill cancer together. Yeah. You know, and also, uh, here's something to do for the weekend. Go get some green tea and eat some fruits and vegetables, and we'll start killing cancer on Monday. Like, And that quote was 20... How many years ago? It'll be 25 in December. So when that happened, that was 25 years ago. And when we go back to the mental side of things, that has stuck with Heather every day since then. Yeah, and that honestly, has been with you. on days that I wobble or that, you know, or I used, I think that used to happen more than it does now, but I still go back to that. Yeah. This is where I can root myself. I can root myself in... What am I eating? What am I thinking about? You know, like I've just been able to expand on that. Mm-hmm. But get some green tea, eat some fruits and vegetables, right. you know. And so so for us, um, it was not us really doing, but it was a second opinion for us. Yeah. It, um, it wasn't us seeking out a second opinion. Your brother helped with that. Right, but that we also, us, yeah. we actually pursued that beyond that we did we love dr mariver we love her and definitely felt very confident in what she was doing but we did end up adding another team member um Mm -hmm. you know which it didn't come immediately it came early on but probably within the first month or so i would guess Mm -hmm. and that was just a i've already started this um how do you, you know, and they were like, yes, that's exactly what we do. They were also a, a it's block center for integrative health. So it, they were also off, offering a lot of other 
pieces where, that I was really interested where in. Where the shortfall was at Michigan, it certainly wasn't the science. It certainly wasn't the chemotherapy, what they were administering mm-hmm. to you. It wasn't the process of deciding which. It was the other parts of your health, uh, the nutrition yeah. And, yeah. and that, yeah. where Block excels at. So we were able to do both, not yeah. just one. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I found it really helpful uh, throughout my initial first year or so to just kind of say to them, like, this is what's coming up next. And them helping me plan for it nutritionally and supplement wise, but also saying, yeah, that's the right thing. And, you know, you just, the more you can hear that, the better you feel about those things. It goes back to the mental, which is the most important. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's might be some people listening right now going, well, my effing brother didn't go to med school, yeah, didn't go to yeah, the University of Michigan, yeah. didn't go to this cancer. You know, you know the game. What I don't, know, I forgot what it's called. Six, six degrees. Yeah, of six degrees of separation. Everybody has that to get to a great doctor too. I agree. You really do, and it may not be somebody in your immediate circle, but if you, you know, kind of put out the red alert. Hey, yeah. listen, I'm. I want a good second opinion. I know what would make me happy in an oncologist. I want that. This yeah. is this is our only chance at this. I want that. Put it out there. Let other people say that same thing for you. And all of a sudden, you know, yeah. you can get connected to the right person for yeah. you. You don't have to know them personally. We didn't know Dr. Mariver was even on this earth. Yeah. And it was just, you know, by asking those questions and getting people going, hey, yes, yeah. we want to help Heather. And, and we got plugged into that. And you know what? There, there's probably 50 other, or maybe more than that, oncologists out there that would have been awesome for her situation, hers. But um, we feel like Dr. Mariver was the perfect doctor, and we got lucky. That's probably there's probably more than that. Yeah, but I agree. Yeah. So get a second opinion is our opinion, and yeah. if it doesn't, if you're not happy with that, get a get third. third opinion. Don't stop. And it's not always. Hey, do you agree with this diagnosis no. and treatment? It doesn't have to be just that. It can just be, I believe in you, that yeah, you're believing yeah. in me. Or I don't feel back heard, to the or I don't exactly. feel like this person even wants to know who I am, or any All of, of it that. matters. It matters so much. I, I felt so seen yeah. when with Dr. Mariver, and that was, that was so important to me. And then the other thing I will say that was, was I felt like, when I was diagnosed, I was in Grand Rapids area, which is a big city, like mm-hmm. in Michigan. But um, I felt like such an anomaly there. Everybody was so shocked at my diagnosis. And when I got to U of M, it felt so good for them to go, oh, yeah, come on in. We see everything. We've seen it all. Like you are not as rare <laughs> as you think you are, or even if, if you are. And if you didn't believe that, you just looked to the left and looked to the yeah. right, and you saw the other hundred people there, and you went, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I am not. <laughs> no one's looking at me. <laughs> right. Well, you know? just, just to feel that level of confidence yeah. was such a huge mm-hmm. thing, right? And, yeah, I mean, that made such a huge difference to mm-hmm. me. So, so, you know, the, the next kind of thing here, and... This isn't always possible for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, with, with that. But um, you can get online now or just by reading Facebook or being in one of those metastatic groups. Yeah. Or, or that I There's a lot of posts from what I've seen, and I've seen very little, about, like, 
this is literally what my treatment is and this mm -hmm. is why. And people are pretty darn educated about yeah. their cancer and their treatment and why, the whys yeah. behind it and all of this. Um, but just because somebody else is doing a treatment doesn't mean it's perfect for you. Right. Well, then that's where I think, I mean, just on a general sense, right? We kind of get messed up by saying cancer. Yes. Because cancer is a million different. Fast-growing, abnormal cell that's right, dividing. Right. Yeah. So if there were a cookie cutter for all of us, we, we wouldn't be on this podcast, right? We wouldn't exactly. be talking about this because we would have, we would know the formula that worked to, yes. to just cure cancer. Cure but cancer. people want to go... What worked for you? Sure. I want to do that. Yep. It worked. You're still here 25 yes. years later. Yeah. I want that. And yep. that's just not how it works in cancer. No. And what they know now mm -hmm. compared to 25 years ago yeah. in being very specific with treatment with the drugs yeah. and the targeted therapy is not, it's a million years ahead. We did a, yeah. we did a thousand year jump in 25 years. So you wouldn't have wanted what Heather went through necessarily, although a lot of those drugs are still being used. Um, but it does it, that part is a non-factor in this, I want to emulate what you did. I think looking at the, the mental, the physical, the nutrition, and, and we'll get into the support, I think there's a lot of things to emulate there. But specific drugs in the medical part of this, I think... Yeah, it's really... Uh, the research has shown like that the stem cell transplants did not have the outcomes that that was you know it killed more people than, than it, it saved exactly. and that's just the truth and, and it didn't kill her but you know what she was close yeah and you really close and and it's scary to think back at how you know how just one little thing would have taken you over the edge and you wouldn't have been with us anymore yeah um and a lot of people did go over that edge so it's not worth it I mean, that's yeah. a fact. It's yeah. just, it's not. Well, in some of the, the medicines and the drugs, like you said, the targeted stuff, I sometimes think about, man, if I could have just started on a drug and not had to do, like, all of the things that I started with, and, mm -hmm. you know, um, wow. You know, so I, I think we always think the grass is greener. That's just kind of in our nature. Sure. Right? But I think you need a level of confidence with who you're working with you know, and you need to know that they are always looking to what's next. That was another thing that Dr. Mariver, Herceptin was actually brand new when I started. Um, and I remember her saying, we'll keep that in our back pocket. And that just was so reassuring to me also. So you need the person that is communicating to you that they are paying attention, you know, that they know what's coming next. And, and that you're going to work together. And there's nothing wrong with going into your oncologist saying, hey, I read about this new drug and, yeah. and it's similar, or, yeah. or I have some of the same traits as that people that are on this. What do you think about it? Yeah. They're going to know. Yeah. That is what they do. And they're, they're either going to say, hey, we can use that one down the road yeah. or no, it doesn't work for this reason. There's go they yeah. know. It, it's it not a work. dartboard anymore. Right. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in support, but... Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be you doing that research no, because not at all. Whew, yeah. That can be a little tough. So too. why don't you speak to <laughs> does treatment fit your wants versus the family? Well, so again, I think um, especially those of us that are diagnosed so young, 
I feel like we don't even know who we are yet. I look at, mm-hmm. I mean, I was 26. Mm-hmm. You know, I did have a daughter, but like my daughter is almost 26. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I would certainly be weighing in on what was happening if she were diagnosed at this point, right? Oh, yeah. But But ultimately, we all, as a person who has cancer, it's it. The decisions are ours as to what we um, want to pursue, and and I mean that from a I feel comfortable with this, or I don't, or or I want to try more, whatever. I just I think it's important that we don't let other people decide if a treatment is the right thing for us, if that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense to me, and I and I from a, being a parent now and just imagining you know, uh, Sydney being diagnosed at this age, I would want a lot of say in things, and that mm-hmm. is ridiculous. I know. And so it's even, ridiculous. It's, I think about it like we, <laughs> I mean, just to, as another parenting, mm-hmm. we tried to have a say in what our son was going to do right after high school. Stupid. It didn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. No. You know, so, um, yeah, does... So if, if things are feeling like this is way overwhelming or just I need to think about this or whatever, I, you, it is so important to be on board with what is happening from a treatment standpoint, again, mentally. So <clears throat> I just feel like it's okay to think about that. It's okay to, again, listen to that voice we've talked about. It's okay to say, I'm not sure about this. You know, I, I do think when we go back to your comfort level of your oncologist uh, yes. or your team, yeah. with that, if you're comfortable with that, with them, I think you're going difference. to see that they have your best interest at heart Yeah, and they're not going to take it too far, not going to take it to, they, they want you to be around also yeah. and they're going to do everything they can. And when that trust is there, you're like, yeah. let's go. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing too, like I, I, the trust component with your oncologist is so important. I've seen, I've seen oncologists like pull a book out to read, like if a, what a drug is. I don't ever want to see my oncologist. I'm sure they have to do all that stuff. I I don't ever want to see it. I want them to know what they are talking about specifically to me. And if they're more general and they're treating a million different kinds of cancer, then I, I understand why they need that, but that's not what I wanted to feel like, oh, you understand my cancer to the best of your ability. And it wasn't, it, you know, I, when I go back to team, it wasn't just your oncologist. No. It was the nurses. It, yeah, was, it was everybody. They were the most impressive people. And again, we were very young. Yeah. Um, but I was just, I was blown away by... The, whatever that's called, the, the competency mm-hmm. of, of the people who treated you. And, and that's what, whether it was true or not. And confidence. It, yeah, it, whether it's true or not, we had that, or spe- specifically you had mm-hmm. that confidence, and, and that went to your mental side of things. Therefore, yeah. everything was positive and working. So when people think, well, what the hell did you do? How are you still here? That's a big part of it, guys. You know, the belief in whatever you're yeah. going to do to me and do with me, it is for the best because I know you have yeah. my best interest at heart and I'm all in. Yeah, that absolutely. Matters. I, I decided to be all in on things. Yeah. I've never talked about chemo as poison. I've never 
done any of that kind of stuff. I'm like, no, this is, I am doing the right thing for me. Yeah. Right. So always with that. But there's other things I just wanted to, I mean, as we look at this time, again, so scary. World is spinning. You're in a different test every other day or you're mm -hmm. at home, you know, waiting for a result. Waiting for a phone call a back phone or call. a chimney Christmas. Oh, so hard. It's terrible. Um, I would say feel you it it's okay to advocate for yourself. I should have done a little bit more of this at the beginning. I did hold some good boundaries in terms of saying I don't want to know where we you didn't know. To no, I did it. Right. But I'm just saying even yeah. things that like if you absolutely you know what what time of day is best for you? Can you you can ask instead I feel like there's so many times that they're like, Oh, you're gonna do x-rays on Tuesdays and a bone scan on Wednesday and a this on Thursday and you're kind of looking like we're kind of looking at each other our, our closest place was an hour and a half away U of M isn't two hours and 15 minutes away from us and we're kind of looking at each other and then if you don't say um could they be together or and then they all go oh yeah you know, so like ask those questions mm -hmm. or have somebody ask them for you. That's fine too. But just like some of it is really, it's kind of, you know, or something like if you're really having to wait, ask to be put on a cancellation list. Tell them, be nice to these people. The nicer you are, the nicer they will be <laughs> to you. People scheduling especially. Like um, let them know, you know, what you're difficulties are if you have young children and there it's you know if you can do things during the school day that kind of stuff like any of that the more you ask about something you might be surprised how easy it is for them to accommodate it mm -hmm. you know so so we aren't even treatment yet and and when we uh get to the treatment phase of the medical we'll be talking about the the major treatments uh, that uh, that people are doing with this, but this is just we're we're still testing and still finding things out and still yeah. making plans and learning people and getting second opinions and all of this, all of that is is crazy and stressful, and you know that's where I think the other four um, five of the five to thrive are so important yeah. because you do, you can make a difference in those. Whereas the medical part of this is the least that you, you have to just get through And it's it, the one that right? kicks your ass the most, even the thought of this and going for another, yeah. uh, the, this is the negative. It's the pull you down part. Whereas the other four parts can really bring you back up. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So next week we're going to talk about support. And a lot of, you know, ways that the people around you can support you mm -hmm. through this initial stuff. And um, that's hugely important, too. I hope, you know, that there is a support system, but it doesn't have to be big. And sometimes, it, you know, you, you'd be surprised what one person can do for you. So mm -hmm. we'll talk about that then. But. And we will be uh, release or having a download available to people uh, in the near future. I don't have the date in front of me, but it will cover from diagnosis to treatment, 
treatment. That's how it feels like, actually. Right. And it'll cover what we've talked about with the mental, the physical, the nutrition, the medical, and the support. It'll cover all of that in written form. So for those of you who don't want to go back and re-listen to podcasts, it will summarize to some extent, and it will also have some additional information in it about what we've talked about in the diagnosis treatment. There will be three different downloads with the diagnosis treatment, during treatment, and post-treatment that uh, will be available. um, As we go throughout the series, yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah. All right. Well, cool. Yeah. Definitely a scary. It, it's kind of it's hard to talk about this without just remembering how how scary all of that is, but um next week we can hopefully make it a little less scary uh with uh, that support team and yeah. um supporting you. Yeah. Sounds good. Cool. Until Thanks. next time. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm still here. After all these years, after all these tears I shed I'm still here, and I'm walking this earth like I should be There was days that I didn't know if I would be Yeah, yeah. Now I stand tall with my feet in the ground and my head in the clouds Cause I'm still here, like I should be Yeah, yeah, like I knew that I could be everyone. I hope you love this episode of I'm Still Here and I wouldn't want you to miss out on what comes next. So be sure to rate, review, and follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, especially if you found it helpful. We need all the shares, likes, stars, and love we can get. We'd also love to hear from you. Leave your comments and questions and we'll incorporate them into future episodes. Have a great day.